Welcome in to the Get Out of Form podcast. I'm your host, Joe Wilkie. This week, I want to take a look at grounding for the spouse. And this is really, really difficult. I've, I've had podcasts on this before. This is one of the most difficult things to deal with or to handle when it comes to sex addiction is the spouse because the spouse has been hurt and the spouse doesn't know, is this narcissism? Is this... Uh, is this going to lead towards something more? Is this just the tip of the iceberg and there's a lot more underneath this? I Can can I ever trust him? Is he going to bring home a venereal disease? I mean, there's all sorts of things that even if a man is engaging in, let's say, compulsive masturbation or it's just porn, she doesn't know that. She doesn't know that it's carried further. If you're looking at somebody online, how do I know you're not going further? How do I know you're not hooking up with people? We know that there's chat rooms and things like that? Are you having an emotional affair on me? Is this physical? Where were you last Saturday when you said you were going to Best Buy or wherever it may be, right? So these things are what crop up in the mind of the spouse of somebody who is a sex addict. It is incredibly difficult because there are a million and one triggers for them. And I was just having this conversation with somebody how difficult these triggers become because let's say you start getting fit. Let's If, if you're cheating on your spouse or whatever it may be and you start getting fit, then she's going to connect that. Oh, he's going to the gym. He's he's starting to look better. He's starting to do a diet. He's doing that. If, if it comes out, she's going to say he's doing that for somebody else. So now, anytime in the future, even if you guys do stay together, anytime you start going to the gym, anytime you start feeling like, hey, I need to get my life in order, right? I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to, I'm going to work out. I'm going to do all these things. That's a major trigger for her. So these triggers create a lot of difficulty when it comes to, once again, the spouse healing. Now, that's with affairs. Affairs are, are incredibly difficult to heal from. It absolutely happens, and that's something that I work on with both sides of them and healing. At the same time, porn can be just as difficult because they don't know if there has been physical uh, affair, but they also feel like you just looked at, you know, just yesterday you were looking at 60 women you wanted more than me. It's not even just the one, it's the 60, or it's the 100, or the thousands, tens of thousands that you've seen over the course of the marriage and you want them more than me. Now, as I've talked about before in a previous podcast, that's not the case. This is an emotional thing. It's not a physical thing where I just want that person more. Nine times out of ten, that's not the case. Uh, It it has nothing to do with I want that person more. It has to do with that person's fulfilling my emotional needs, and I'm not letting my wife fulfill it for various reasons, attachment wounds, trauma wounds, things like that, uh, where we learn to run to these things. However, in this episode, I really want to talk about grounding for the spouse. I know I have some spouses that listen to this, and for the addicts that are listening to this, this may be helpful information for you to know how to navigate this with your spouse. As I said, I've already touched on this in a previous podcast episode, but I wanted to go a little more in depth on what do we do to help the spouse ground themselves. Now, one of the things they're going to want to do immediately is scream at you. And I've worked with spouses that cuss you out when they're not cussers. They They don't cuss usually. But they cuss you out. They scream at you. They're, they're All of the pain and the hurt and the bitterness that they've been holding in for a long time comes out. Most of the time, if a man is engaging, and I'm just taking men. Yes, it happens with women too, being the addicts. But I'm just going to take men, men for this one. Most of the time when the man is engaged in compulsive porn use for the, the course of the marriage, the marriage isn't in a good spot. It's not like it went from being a level 10 marriage down to a level 2 overnight. Most of the time, the marriage wasn't great in the first place, and she's been bitter for a long time. Now, this helps to explain maybe what's been going on. So, she's got a lot of pent-up bitterness for a long time. Some spouses spew it all out. And then there's other spouses that 
just don't even know what to do with it. They can sometimes blame themselves. And so it's my fault, right? They say things like, it's my fault, or how did I not know, or I'm not good enough, he just doesn't want me, things like that. And it turns into more of a um, self-degradation than it's internalized and not externalized. So I've seen both of those, and then there's some spouses that basically just go numb and it's a PTSD response. It's fight, flight, or freeze is what's taking place. And so how do we navigate that? As addicts, we have to make sure that we're giving our spouses whatever they need. So if they're screaming, you stay in there and take it. However, on the other side, and what I've run into at least once or twice recently, is a wife who starts blaming herself. This is the one that's very, very difficult because a man ought to know the consequences of his actions are she's going to scream at me. She's going to hate my guts. That's normal. That's that's obvious. Like, yes, that's going to happen. And so you staying present while she screams at you is, is kind of the normal progression. That's what you'd expect. Hurt people hurt people, right? She's wanting you to experience some of the hurt that she's experienced. On that other end, though, how do we help the person ground who is starting to go into self-degradation, who's starting to go into... Um, this this negative self-talk, very negative self-talk of I'm not enough. We want to make sure that we separate our addiction from them. Our addiction is our addiction. It has nothing to do with them not being enough, not being good enough, pretty enough, sexy enough, whatever it is. That's going to be very difficult for them to believe. But we want to make sure that we are taking radical ownership. We, we take ownership as much as possible. We take responsibility. There is none of this blaming them for anything because they are already blaming themselves for this. Make sure you are not blaming them. And for an addict, it's very easy to go, well, you know, if she did sleep with me more, uh, then that would be the case. No, no. This has nothing to do with anything on her end because if it did, then the only way to get out of it is if she did what she was supposed to. And that's not true. The way we get out of it is all on us and the way we got into it was all on us. Doesn't mean that it happened in a vacuum. Things happened to get us there, but don't ever blame your wife, specifically if she's prone to blaming herself. She needs to get into therapy. I would very much work on on finding her support groups and finding her therapy that can help. There are support groups. SNON has has a support group uh, for the the spouses of those that are dealing with it. There's one called COSA, C-O-S-A, that I know very, very little about. However, that's one of those uh, that you can engage in if you are the spouse of somebody that is a sex addict. There are Recovering Couples Anonymous. There's a website that actually has all of these listed. But there are several resources for the person who's really struggling. But if they are prone toward blaming themselves, my suggestion would be get them into therapy immediately. Chances are you didn't cause the problem. You are exacerbating what's already been there. They already didn't feel good enough. And now you came along and gave them the best reason in the world to feel like they're not good enough. Really, it's the worst reason in the world, obviously, but it's the best reason in the world in their opinion as to why they're not good enough. See, my own husband's going toward porn. He doesn't even want me. That's not true at all. But we want to make sure that we're supporting them as much as possible in getting them outside help. Because if you say, no, 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 you are enough, why should she believe you? You've been lying to her for a long time. Why should she believe you? If you try to psychoanalyze, you're not the therapist. And now it's not the time. She shouldn't trust you, uh, and, and she's probably not going to. And so if you try to come in as a therapist and say, hey, this is because of XYZ, your dad said this, whatever else, you're not the person to do it. And if you're to come in and be like Mr. Huggy, and you just want to hug her and hold her and everything, she may not be in a place for that. You can always ask if that's something she wants, but she may not be in a place for that. And so the grounding for her, while she's spinning out of control, she's going to go down into the cycle of I'm not enough. We want to make sure that we take radical ownership, acceptance of what we've done, 
make sure she knows it has nothing to do with you not being enough. It's it's about me not feeling like I'm enough and I've run to these things. But I also would love for you to go be able to get some therapy. Now, something that a lot of women need is they need support in this, as I said, support groups, but they need a friend that they can go to. Here's the tricky part. A lot of women have very negative views of men. And so the, the moment that your wife goes to somebody who hates men or who has been divorced, who has struggles in her marriage, it's going to be a problem because that woman's going to go, see, yep, he's just as bad. You know, my husband did this as well. And my husband ended up cheating on me and doing that. We don't need that. So make sure your wife chooses her support group very, very carefully because if she chooses the wrong people, they will they will end up inevitably breaking you guys up or they will, again, just create such a toxic atmosphere where your wife then struggles to ever trust you even if you've been building it's because she's got somebody in her ear going, he's just going to lie to you, he's going to lie to you, he's going to lie to you. Maybe you have. Part of that's legit. And part of it is we want to make sure that whoever she's going to to get this advice is in her corner and really in the corner of the marriage. We want her taken care of, and if at all possible, we want the marriage taken care of while you get yourself healed and get yourself fixed. That's the person that we want in her corner. So I would suggest your wife finding somebody that is older, somebody that maybe has been through this before that's actually kept the marriage, or somebody at church, somebody that that she can trust that has a very healthy marriage. If your wife picks somebody who's been divorced, if she picks somebody who's really going through marital problems, if she picks a single person, they're not going to understand this. Pick somebody who has a very solid marriage and help her develop that relationship even more. You know, I'd love for you to talk to so-and-so. I know I've hurt you and, and I've wounded you in so many ways. And I just want to make sure you're taken care of and you're supported in this because I realize I haven't supported you the way I'm supposed to. And so if I can help you get into a group or help you find somebody or, or reach out to anybody, I'm willing for you to share this. You're welcome to tell them anything. There's a lot of husbands who go, well, you can't tell them about that. No, no. This is part of the consequences. You did it. She has every right. This is part of her story. She has every right to go to somebody. Now, does she need to blab it on social media? No. At the same time, give her the ability to go to somebody and say, my husband's doing this and recognize this is part of you taking ownership. I did do this. I'm not going to run from it, and I'm not going to cause my wife to run from it. She needs to talk about it. One of the best grounding techniques for a wife is to talk about it and to vent that frustration. And I would also say, if she's really struggling to vent the frustration to you, first off, ask yourself why. Is your wife afraid of you? Is she is she in fear that you might lash back out, that you might scream at her, that you might shut her down, that you might be defensive? Because if that's the case... You need to get yourself some help and make sure that's not going to happen. She can, she should be able to say whatever she wants to say, as mean as she wants to say it, and know that you're going to be grounded. That has to be there in order for her to find peace, basically, going forward. She needs to know that she can come to you with these problems, and you're going to take them seriously, and you're not going to, to shy away from them. But if she struggles with her words, have her write a letter to you. This can be very grounding for them as well. When they're very frustrated, maybe they're not great with words, have her write a letter. Hey, how about you tell me all about pain and everything that I've put you through? I can't begin to imagine what that's like, but I do want you to be able to come to me with those things, and I want to open myself up to that, and I know these are part of the consequences. And so if you need to write a letter, whatever it is, I'm, I'm more than comfortable with answering any questions you have and listen to anything you have to say because I just want to be here to support you in this. I realize what I've done has, has wounded you beyond what I can even begin to imagine, and I just want to make sure you're taken care of in this time while I'm getting myself healed. That's what that's the approach we want to take. If that's a letter, if that's therapy, if that's a support group, if that's a woman at church, if that's just coming to you and, and having a vent session, okay, okay. So 
on the fight end, again, as I've already done a podcast on that, like listen to your wife, validate her underlying emotions. You stay secure in who you are in the midst of that. Remembering I've repented and I have been saved from this, from Christ, assuming you're a Christian. I've been saved from this from Christ. There's grace. There's hope. My wife isn't necessarily seeing that. I'm going to stay present with her. I know I've been forgiven of this, but maybe she hasn't, and that's okay. She's not God. She doesn't have to forgive me immediately. She's going through a process, and so you stay centered. If she's in the flight side where she's really blaming herself, she's internalizing, she's pulling away, get her into therapy, all the things we talked about. If it's freeze and she's staying very uh, still and she's just frozen, basically, she doesn't know how to react. She's kind of scared of you. She's just going through emotions day after day. You can see she's starting to slip into depression. Once again, depression's rooted in loneliness. Get her some help with somebody. Get her into therapy. Get her some close friends that she can go to. Send her to her parents if need be. Whatever it is, make sure that she's taken care of by somebody. You were her confidant, maybe, and now you're not. At least, most likely not. And if that's not the case, make sure she has somebody in her corner that can help when she starts to slip into depression. And if she's frozen and she she just doesn't know how to act, this is part of the PTSD response. This is partly why she needs to be in therapy. But make sure that you are there to support her in whatever it is. If she's angry with you, if she's withdrawn from you, if she's sad, if she's hurt, if she's lonely, if she's whatever it is, make sure you're there for that. And and basically just letting her know, I want to be whatever you need me to be. I want to go wherever you need me to go. But I'm here to support you and to make sure that you get healed. There are times and places to set boundaries. After it's been a long time, after you've been healed and she just continues to not trust, she really has no reason sometimes to trust you because once she puts that trust back in you, she has potential to be hurt again. So it's going to seem like, well, you don't trust me. Why should she? Every indication is, if I trust you, I can now be hurt again. And so if I stop trusting you, I can't be hurt because I'm already expecting to be hurt, if that makes sense. We want to give her reason to trust us. That's going to take time. That's going to take a lot of effort. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. That's part of this process. And then she can slowly begin to build that trust and it becomes a much stronger foundation than ever was previously built in the marriage. While you both work on communication together and work on emotional regulation, all the things individually that you need to work on. So the wife side of this, once again, is incredibly, incredibly difficult. But as far as it goes with grounding, I would strongly push you, as I've said, not to beat a dead horse, but I would strongly push you to help her consider therapy and talk with her about the type of therapist she needs. She most likely needs a trauma therapist. She most likely needs either a CSAT or somebody that understands sex addiction. Certified sex addiction therapist is a CSAT. She needs somebody who is going to be able to understand this world and who does not hate men. I'll just say again, who does not hate men. I was recently listening to a podcast and it was literally one of the worst things I've ever heard. Uh, The entire podcast was, these men are narcissists. These men are just trying to take advantage. They're abusers, and they're going to try to uh, tell their sob story. So the sob story of all the trauma and abuse they've been through that's pushed them into this, and that's just them manipulating you so they can get what they want out of you. I, my blood was boiling by the end of it. This person was claims to help people. I can't tell you. I, I'm, I'm guessing she's probably broken up hundreds, thousands of marriages. She's worked with a ton because there's no way a marriage survives that onslaught of your husband's just an abusive uh, guy. And the worst thing is if the marriage does survive, the guy is going to be so kowtowed and, and have zero leverage for the rest of his, for the rest of the marriage. You go, well, that's good. No, no, that's not good. God decided, God designed from the very beginning to have a patriarchal system. The man needs to lead. And just because the man has not been leading and he's been leading himself into porn, 
and not leading the marriage appropriately doesn't mean that he should never, ever lead in the marriage again. He just needs to know what it means to be a leader. And he needs to work on that. And for the time being, that's not the case. But man, my blood was boiling by the time I was done with a 50-minute podcast, basically saying, well, the women aren't safe until the guy is, you know, I don't even know. There was basically no hope. Because if the guy does try to change, he's just, he's abusing you. He's he's manipulating you. And if he doesn't try to change, see, they never change. It's like, well, which way are you supposed to go? So just a soapbox of mine. But as the addict, the best thing you can do is work your program, stay sober, be in a 12-step, go to therapy, be doing your homework, writing letters to your wife, helping her get into therapy, whatever it is that's going to help her feel safe. That's the best thing you can do for her. Be, is, is to fix yourself because that's what's going to create this foundation of you can trust me. She doesn't trust you today. It's not going to be tomorrow, but she eventually will as we've talked about the Lego bricks one by one by one. For your wife, if she can get into therapy with a therapist who actually saves the marriage, who wants the best for the marriage, and who recognizes and understands what sex addiction is all about. That sex addiction is not about her not being enough, but it's about the man going to meet his emotional needs in an inappropriate way. If they understand that, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. That's what we want ultimately to get to. Now, there's a lot of a lot of things in there, a lot of indicators, a lot of different aspects that are unforeseen that sometimes can ruin the marriage or, or ruin their recovery or whatever it may be. But as the addict, you stay in recovery regardless of what your wife does. She may hate your gut. She may leave you. She may do all sorts of stuff. Sobriety has to be for you. But for the grounding of the spouse, therapy, support groups, really solid friends with solid marriages, writing the letter, journaling her emotions. Um, some women are very much into coloring or drawing, and they draw things out. And making sure that she has an open ear from you to listen and to validate whatever she's dealing with, those things are key when it comes to her grounding. If she knows she can come to you and vent at any point and say, how could you do this and what was this and ask all these questions, and she knows you're going to listen, that's key. That's really what we want is for her to be able to get all of that out because every time she does, it's one less, right? So the grounding of the wife We've got to surround her with really solid people, and she's got to make sure she does not feel alone. She already feels alone. We want to make sure that she's not alone in this, no matter what, and that she's got people really having the best for her and the best for the marriage in mind. That's so key for the wife. Make sure that that, to the best of your ability, is who she's surrounded by and what she's going to for advice. So I think that's about all I have for this one. There's a lot more I could get into on the spouse end of things. Uh, If you have any specific questions, as always, please let me know. It's tricky. There's a million and one caveats and things like that. Well, what about this situation? What about that situation? We could be here all day discussing the the multiple caveats and differences and things like that, uh, tweaks that you can do. Yeah, by and large, this is what women need is they need to know. Men need to be needed. Women need to be wanted, right? And, And they don't feel wanted when you've been in your addiction. A lot of it goes to they didn't feel wanted before they were married to you. A lot of times. It's not always the case, but a lot of times. We want them to get trauma work. We want them to get help going all the way back. So it's a more of a holistic approach to it. It's not just, hey, you hurt me. It's, I've been hurt by a lot of people in my life, and my husband is the most recent one that I trusted, and it turns out I'm hurt again. She's got a lot of trauma to work through. Make sure she's getting into trauma therapy, not just for you, but for all the emotional wounds that have taken place before, if that's the case. That's going to really help her establish her own foundation of, I can love myself regardless of whether my husband loves me. Vice versa as the addict. I can love myself regardless of whether my, my wife loves me. Because I know God loves me, ultimately, and that's that's really the foundation there. So we're going to wrap up right there. Once again, if you have questions, please reach out. Let me know. But that will wrap us up, and I will see you again next week. Thanks for listening.